we are going to talk today about transition. Still on the same topic, one that I thought would be three weeks long, this week 13. And uh, so technically, I think we had somebody speak in between, so it's the 14th week. But really what we're talking about is promotion, uh, transitioning into new things, how to enter into God's best. And I really believe this has spoken to a lot of people because people, first of all, have uh, talked to me about it and talked to others about it. But I believe that God's trying to help us as a church as individuals, to walk in his best. So today uh, may be a different one, but a real needful one, I believe, something we can add to our own lives as believers or those who are wanting to walk in God's best. Um, Have you ever heard this statement before? If I just had more faith, dot, dot, dot. Anybody ever heard that? If I had more faith, I could move those mountains Jesus talked about. If I had more faith, I could get healed. If I had more faith, I'd be, I'd be a whiz at prayer. And how many times have people thought that, or they were in the middle of a test or a trial, and when if I just had more faith, I would win? Nobody's ever known anybody who thought like that or had that thought that came? The, the interesting thought about that type of thinking is um, if you get that thought and think, well, my problem is I need more faith right now, do you know what that would lead to? An attempt to get more faith because that would solve my problem. How many of you remember the story when Jesus took three of his disciples and went up on a mountaintop and said, come pray with me or come with me, and Jesus went to pray, and he was transfigured in front of them. I mean, he started glowing with the glory of God. It said, whiter than, you know, we know on the earth. And the atmosphere got pretty thick with God's power. A cloud came over them and God spoke out of this cloud and it said the disciples had fallen down to the ground and but before one of them did one said this, Lord it's good for us to be here. We'll build because Moses and Elijah appeared. This is like a vision. This is huge. Came and talked to him and they saw him and Moses and Elijah were long gone. And they're staring and they're hearing them talk to him about how he was going to suffer and all this. I mean, this is a huge thing. And so Peter, it said he said this for fear. He didn't know. He said, it's good for us to be here. Let's build a temple for you, for Moses and Elijah. You know what's so interesting about that is if you think about it, uh, God had to interrupt that idea had to interrupt that thought and go, no, no, no. Don't build a temple. Don't do that. Here's what would have happened if he would have followed through on his thought. Because these would have been some tabernacles, some different things there for people to come and worship. They would have, or he would have maybe had to employ people. He would have had to get their money 
He would have had to raise finances. There would be all kinds of energy and effort given to this project that he thought was appropriate. And he would have done whatever it would have taken uh, to fulfill this project. Could have taken days, weeks, months, I don't know how long it would have taken to do this with energy, 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 and he would have done the wrong thing. But what if somebody is in the middle of a test or a trial or in a certain time in their life and they say, my problem is I don't have enough faith. Somebody says, well, that could be very possible. Well, it could be, but people who are instructed in the Lord, even at a low level, maybe that's not their problem. Wonder if there are many Christians trying to get more faith that really don't need to get more faith. It's getting quiet in here. But how many Christians are persuaded because we know the verses this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed you could say to this mountain move and it would obey you but if you just slow down and think about that the reason I need more faith in my own thinking is because I don't have enough I've only got a tiny itsy bitsy mount and Jesus said, if you've got a tiny, itsy-bitsy amount, you could get an answer. So it's conflicting when I'm saying I need more faith. And Jesus said, well, if you have a little bit, you could, get, you could move a mountain. So how many people, though, know all the scriptures about faith? You know, the woman with the issue of blood, he said, daughter, your faith made you whole. And again and again through the Bible, we see answers to prayer are based on faith. And so the conclusion, I think sometimes, and I wonder if it's a diversion to the believer to get them to go target something that maybe they're spending too much time over here targeting faith. See, I'm getting quieter. It's so quiet I can hear that cockroach sharpening his pencil. Are you ready? Hebrews, I'm going to read this. You don't need to turn there. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. You can look at it later. I'm going to read this in the, in the uh, King James Version. Normally, I read New King James. It says this, For you have need of patience. Notice he didn't say you need more faith. He said you need patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Well, the word patience is often translated endurance or perseverance. But really, patience is this. Staying the same no matter what's happening, right? Haven't we all been complimented maybe often for our patience in the grocery store line? Or maybe we haven't been complimented. But, but if we were complimented, what? are they saying? They say, thank you for your patience. 
right? And you know what that means. You were yelling at everybody and what's your problem? I've been here three minutes. Why am I not through yet? No, what happens is, is patience is the ability to stay the same regardless of the external circumstances. And he said what you need to do or need to apply in order to receive promises is patience. Now, I want to say this as we move forward. If he said you need patience, and I'm laboring to get faith, I could be targeting the wrong thing. Now, we do need faith. Hebrews 6.12 said, through faith and patience, you received the promise. Now, you understand this, and maybe we don't think like this, uh, that patience can be developed in multiple areas of our life. So when we're talking about patience here, this doesn't mean you have to hit it 100% in the grocery store line or in the intersection when the guy is real slow, when the light turns green and you want to go, uh, 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 and you go, whoa, I better not do that because I need this patience in order to inherit the promise. No, it, it's like this. Now, that patience should be developed. We all like that, or at least want it ourselves. And um, so we want to develop that patience. But just like the human body has tons of muscles, and you can get really good development in your leg muscles, but your arms and chest or back or different muscles are not developed, you can develop grocery store patients, spousal patients. You know, where you're, no matter what happens, you're just steady. You know, I'm, I'm developed, I'm pretty strong, but, but there's a whole other group of uh, patience muscles, and those are in your legs and the other are in your arms. So when we look at you, like, they're so patient. But how many of you know that when he's talking about patience here, he's talking about a patience that is connected to a belief? a genuine trusting or confidence and assurance in God. And so what's interesting to me is that we possibly could be trying to get more faith and really we don't need a ton of faith. We just need to uh, stay in faith, so to speak. Or you could say it like this, couple patience with your faith. Now turn with me, and we're going to get into this, because if I need to exercise patience to get the answer or apply patience to my faith, there are some interesting scriptures that will guarantee us answers to prayer and how often people have not got an answer to prayer or walked in God's best, not because they didn't have faith. They may have had plenty of faith, but they didn't know how to apply or did not apply patience in the situation. And we're going to read some interesting scriptures that Tell us how to guarantee your prayers or your faith will work. 
Could you imagine God giving you a way to guarantee your prayers? Now, I know a lot of times people think, and the reason I say this because I talk to people, that prayers are basically what you throw up against God, and he kind of grabs them all and goes, I can answer that one. I'll wait on that one. Okay, that one. Keep praying. Throw enough up to him. Oh, I'm getting a lot of these. We've got a lot of lot of these. Everybody's praying about this. How'd that happen? That must be real important. I'll answer that. Because some church said, everybody pray. And everybody says, oh, Lord. And I'm not opposed to that. But I'm saying if we don't approach properly and do things properly, a thousand people could pray because we've seen it and things sink. Yeah. Ha- haven't we seen that? Tens of thousands of people, you know, praying and the thing doesn't turn out right. And then you see one person pray and it happens. Do you know that prayer and the answer to prayer is primarily on our part, not God's? Now, boy, that sounds arrogant, but it's not. It's real simple as we look at these verses. It's kind of like the power company has all the power. But whether my blow dryer worked this morning or not is on me, not them. Did I plug it in? Did I turn it on? It's not a knock if they say, did you plug it in? Because I called them, we've got a problem here. And it's not that they're being critical of me. They just want to know, have you done these things because we don't have a power outage in your area? And if all the rest of your lights are on and, you know, different things like that, you've checked your switches, I mean, your fuse box, then did you turn it on? You know, what I'm getting at is they turn the attention back to me. And here's the thing. We can all do this. We're more than capable as individuals, as children of God, to get real, substantial answers on an ongoing basis. So Hebrews is not where we're turning. James, the first chapter, right past the book of Hebrews. And we're going to read here some stuff about patience and its place with faith. And really we're going to see this. If you've got faith only without patience, your faith, even if you have a ton or a little, will not work. But if you have a little bit of faith and you learn to exercise patience, you can get an answer. Notice this. James one twenty three, or 1, verse 3. Actually, I'm going to read verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, tests, trials, pressure times. Knowing this, this is what he wants you to know, that the testing or trial of your faith produces patience. You could say it like this. When your faith is tried, how many of you know your faith can be tried? What does that look like? What, what, what does it look like when your faith is tried? Tested. 
put to the test. It's under the heat. It, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it, 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 I mean, there's flames. What, it, what does it look like when your faith is tested? It, it may be like this. I prayed and said, Lord, I need healing for my body. I believe I got it. Then you get up and leave, and then all of a sudden, uh, your faith will get tested. Do you feel any better? Check. Ha has the money come in yet? Your problem is you don't got enough faith. It won't work for you. What's happening? Your faith is on a trial. It's being cross-examined. And so what people will do is, uh, if they're not careful, is they may move away from faith or start thinking, I don't have enough faith just because their faith is being tried. But if you know his word, you've got faith. Are you with me? And notice he said, the trying of your faith produces patience or exercises patience. What does it mean when your faith is tried and patience has to be involved? Patience literally is staying the same, believing the same, continuing in your confidence of what you prayed, what he said. But realize this, your faith is being tested but really, at the same time, if we stay in faith, stay in confidence, then we're actually developing patience. We're developing staying the same regardless of what I see, regardless of what I feel, regardless of what I'm experiencing. God's my victory. He's the one who heard me. What's happening? My faith is being tried. The voices are coming, but God is for me and not against me. But how many of you realize what's happening is there is needing to be an exercise of patience? What does that mean? It means that I'm going to stay with what I believe no matter what comes at me. I don't need more of what I believe. I just need to stay with what I believe. And isn't it interesting, he said, that the trying of your faith. If you stay with your faith, patience is produced or exercised. This is a huge thing. Because then I'm not fighting to get more faith. I am fighting the good fight of faith, like the Bible said, staying in my belief system. I've got it. This is just a trial of my faith. I, am a, I got the faith. He's trying to tell me I don't have the faith or it's not working. I'm just going to exercise patience in this. And like we quoted Hebrews 6.12 concerning the patriarchs and all the different people, through faith and patience, they stuck with their belief. They inherited the promises.
And we're going to see this very thing in this passage. To me, these passages here in James are so different than any of the other ones in the New Testament because they're the only one written by a pastor to his people, where the other was a traveling person or people who would travel and minister. They weren't always just there with the people day to day. But here he is with his people day to day, and if you look at what he talked about here, here he talked about, listen, patience, staying with what you believe. Then later on he talks about keeping your words in line with what you believe. And it just goes on and on about this. And so he's just trying to help them get answers to prayers. Because, you know, people ask sometimes, why aren't my prayers being answered? What's going on? Is God mad at me? No, he's not mad at you. Well, you think I need more faith? I need more faith. I need more faith. It's interesting that Jesus, when he dealt with people, didn't say you need more faith. He said you need to deal with doubt. Well, why would he tell them you need to deal with doubt instead of you just need more faith? Because he said believe and, and doubt not. Because doubt is where you have a faith and then, you know, in those contexts and then go, it's not working. But patience would make me become consistent regardless of what I see and say, no, it is working. I do have the answer. Amen? And he is going to break this down for us in the simplest form. It'd be good for you to talk to yourself at different times and say, I've got plenty of faith. Hey, if Jesus said a small amount would move mountains, people are like, well, I got a little bit. Why aren't my mountains moving? Well, it could just be this one little area right here. Are you with me? Notice this. But let patience have its perfect work. Or literally, let it work its way, let it be functioning, stay with it, that it will do what it's supposed to do. And what does patience do? It stays the same. It is me staying with my belief in his word. He said, but let patience have its perfect work. Or you could say it's complete work. In other words, let, don't give up on patience. That you may be perfect or developed and complete, lacking nothing. That is some huge stuff. Literally, he said, if you will allow patience to be coupled with your faith, you will come to the place of wanting nothing. But how many of you know when you're endeavoring to believe, you're wanting something? Right? We pray, we believe, we want something. That's why we're praying. We want healing. We need an answer. We need God to move on that person. But he said, start in faith. Ask in faith. Declare in faith. God's working on their behalf. God, I've prayed, therefore it's so. If I say later on it's not working, everybody pray, guess what? I'm not exercising patience. 
I'm beginning to waver. In other words, I'm going back and forth. The day I felt good and said, hip, hip, hooray, I prayed for her or prayed for him, and I was like, woo, God heard me. But now, you know, I haven't seen it in a day or two or three or four, and I say, everybody pray. I need to not be moved by how excited I was that God heard me the first day. I need to exercise patience on the second and third day. Meaning stay the same. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see. Because it didn't matter when I prayed what I saw, so it still can't. And he said, he said, you can come to the place if you let patience work with your faith that you will want nothing. That means you'll have whatever you want. You will get answers to your prayers. But how many of you realize that um, wind blows, circumstances come, but God has good things for you? He would never tell us instructions how to be perfect and complete, desiring or wanting nothing if he didn't want your needs to be met and you have a full supply. And so it's real interesting that often people revert back to, maybe I don't have enough faith. But we're going to look here and kind of break this down a little bit more to realize if I can just stay in faith, we're going to see terms like wavering and doubting and things like that. And just like I don't have enough faith thoughts come, people, when they get a negative thought, might self-prescribe uh, or self-assess themselves as a waverer or a doubter too, which could be just as detrimental. And here is the thing. You could have thoughts of doubt and thoughts of wavering because didn't it say the trying of your faith? He said your faith can be tried your faith can be tested and you can exercise patience. So that would mean the thoughts of wavering, the thoughts of doubt could come. But that doesn't mean you're doubting or wavering. That is the truth. Because if your faith is tested, it's signifying stuff like that is coming against your faith. Jesus, when he was tempted, the Bible said he did not sin. And there was stuff coming against his faith. So let's read on. If anyone lacks, verse 5 of the first chapter, if anyone lacks wisdom, uh, let him ask of God who gives to all people liberally or abundantly and without reproach. In other words, God didn't knock you for what you ask for. He didn't chide you about it. He said he gives it without reproach. And if you ask, he said it will be given to you. Just you ask and you get it. But remember, what is he teaching on? He's talking about asking in faith, using faith or confidence in what he said, that it's so, that it's yours, and patience. Sticking with what you believe no matter what comes your way. Notice this. But let him ask in faith. Verse 6. 
without doubting. Do you know he's really only talking about patience again? In a real way. Look, but let him ask in faith or in confidence or be assured of what God said. Stick with that. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Basically, he's saying this. A person who's doubting has accepted contrary circumstances and they are moving them. Remember, a person who exercises patience stays believing regardless of the contrary circumstances. Now, did it say it would be easy to do this? No. But did he say you can do it? And the answer to that is absolutely. So, what is he saying here? When those contrary voices come to you, don't move with them. That will move you into doubt. Stay patient. In other words, don't waver. Don't move. They'll come. Stick with what you believe. Because if you do, you can be entire wanting nothing. Let's read on. But let him ask in faith, no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of a sea driven and tossed by the wind. In other words, those invisible things that come. Voices. The bill won't be paid. Look, look, have you looked at your bank account? Have you looked at your body? Have you looked at this circumstance? And what are we talking about? Promotion, walking in God's best. This is all part of it. God wants you desperately to walk in his best. That is part of his plan for your life. And he said, just don't be moved by those contrary things that would try to get you to leave patience and get you accepting something wrong, which would be called doubt. But notice this, verse 7, For let not that man which would include women, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. Literally, it means he's holding on to two different contrary opinions. And he said he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. But he said, don't let that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. Isn't it interesting people can pray and think I need more faith and think I'm going to get something from God, but they're not being, uh, how would you say it, consistent with what they believe. Now, you ready to read this another way that's, I think, really cool? Now, like I said, and this is important because people have a tendency, in my experience in dealing with people, to self-diagnose themselves. The minute a negative thought comes, I don't have faith. The minute a negative thought comes, I'm wavering. The minute a negative thought comes, I'm doubting. Let me tell you this, just because you have negative thoughts doesn't mean you're doubting. 
That does not mean you are doubting. It means you have a negative thought. It means there's pressure on getting you, wanting to get you to move. Well, what do I need to do? Do I need more faith? No, 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 no. I, I just need to put patience. In other words, I just need to keep applying my faith where I'm at. Staying in confidence, staying in assurance. He said, you'll come out the other side complete and entire, not wanting nothing. Notice verse 7. Let not this man, what man? The man who believes it so and then quits believing and starts saying, my prayers aren't answered. God didn't do this. Here's what's so cool. We could read this a different way. If you are a person who prays and says under different circumstances, I've got it. And the heat of life is blowing, saying you don't have it. God hasn't heard. You don't have enough faith. You can turn around and say, I got plenty of faith. And if the enemy said, well, you got just a tiny amount, say, praise God, that's all I need. That, Jesus said that. So now all I need to do is not budge in my faith. Now thoughts can come, but I'm going to stay believing and speaking and thinking the right way, even though there's contrary. But look at this. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, and then he talks about something. Well, what if you are exercising patience with your faith? Well, you, you could read the other version of this. And it would read like this, verse 7, For let that man or that woman know they will receive everything from the Lord. Didn't he get done saying that before? Didn't he say, if you use faith and patience, then you will lack nothing? That's saying the same thing. You will get your prayers answered. You, all of them. You will not lack anything. You will not go without. Well, how do I get faith? Well, you know what his word said. If his word promised something to you, then you could hear it and accept it. Know this, once you accept it, there may need to be an exercise of patience. Staying the same. Meaning, I still believe it today like I believed it yesterday. I'm going to affirm that it's so. I'm going to act like it's so. And when uh, my patience runs a little thin and wants me to back down, no, I'm going to keep exercising patience. Now you realize this is different patience than grocery store patience. Some people would, should be going, praise the Lord, because man, at the grocery store, I didn't do good yesterday. But this doesn't disqualify me. I'll work on the grocery store patience, but I can stay the same in this area and keep believing no matter what. I want to read this verse here in Philippians, and we'll, I think we'll close right here. But how do I get faith? Faith comes when you hear. What, what does faith look like? It's confidence that what God said is so. Now, period. That's it. And so, patience 
is the ability to keep believing that no matter what's coming against me. Then he said that person should know that they will receive. And that they should know that they will be complete and lack nothing. They should know that. That's what he said. Notice this in Philippians, the first chapter. A verse I don't read very often, but I find super fascinating. I mean, this is one of those ones over the years that when I first would see it, I'd go, what, 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 what did he just say? But after I've seen more and more what this verse is saying, it really fits where we're talking about. How many of you know this? You might be facing something that looks utterly impossible from the natural standpoint, and you could go to lunch today and uh, be like, woo, you know, driving out of the parking lot today. I've got the victory. It's mine. I'm using patience. Hallelujah. That's it. It's mine. Hallelujah. God, God will not let me down. He watches over his word, the Bible said, to perform it. He, his word, will, he will send it forth and it will not return to him void, but it will accomplish whatever he said in his word. Man, I've got this. And somebody said, let's go to lunch today. And you're like, of course. I'm floating away from here. I've got victory. And you could go sit down in the restaurant and all of a sudden the thought comes. And, and nobody's ever had that happen before? The thought comes. And you really think that's going to work for you? Oh, that'll work for other people. No, no. This is when you use patience. Do you think God's really going to heal you? You know what you should tell him? No, I don't believe he's going to. So you should tell him. Just tell him that. No, I, I don't think he's going to heal me. Because the Bible said by his stripes I already was healed. He already did something about it. So thank you for asking with your great concern. So I don't believe he's going to do, I don't believe he's going to heal me. I believe I already did something about it. I believe it's already mine. Thank you for your great care. I'm just going to stay right at this place and believe that all the things he promised, you know, Peter, Second Peter in the first chapter said, when we came to know him, it talks about how there was an inheritance we came to know that was already given to us. So when we stay in faith, we're confident we have. When we stay in patience, we don't waver away from that, and that's how we walk in it. So through faith and patience. So if we spend an extra amount of time maybe trying to get faith... When all you have to do is hear, how many times did people hear when Jesus traveled the earth? They, they heard, I don't know, maybe one or two or times or heard from different people. And they just said, yeah, that's it. And do you know a bunch of them use patience too? Some of them that went to him had to get through a crowd. They used patience. They stayed the same. I'm going to get there. They could have easily said, man, this is just too hard. I'm turning back. And they wouldn't have been patient. They wouldn't have been consistent. You can do it. You can do it. God believes in you. You can do it. 
These are earthly instructions. You don't need these in heaven. His will is unhindered there. The healing that was provided, you just live it out up there. Here, you just need to stay in faith, and you're going to need to use some patience. Amen. Philippians, the first chapter, the 28th verse. Well, let's read verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, let the way you live show this truth. So that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs. Or in other words, your life, what's happening with you guys. That you stand fast, and it sounds like faith and patience, that you stand fast, and you can do it. Sure, the wind may blow and say you can't do it. No, we're just going to keep exercising some patience. You stand fast in one spirit, in one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In other words, everything he bought, everything he got, everything he paid for, I'm going to stand fast in spirit and in my mind. I am not going to move away and believe something else. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries. What are your adversaries? Debt, COVID-19 version 6,000. <laughs> and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Why? Because Christ already won the victory. He already got it for me. I can believe that now, but then I'm going to have to use patience. I'm going to have to stay the same no matter what the wind blows. Not terrified by your adversaries. Not, not yielding to fear. That means I'm staying the same. I'm exercising patience. Notice this. Not terrified by your adversary or your problem. Which is to them proof of perdition or their judgment. You living this way is proof to the circumstances you are facing. They're a loser. You're a winner. They have to submit. It's a proof to your adversary of their perdition, but to you, it's a proof of your salvation. And that word salvation means healing, deliverance, protection, answers to prayer, wholeness, and that from God. I need more faith. Well, if you got a little bit, just add some patience. Patience. 